You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Now, I am your host, Ryan Dengel, and if you want to find me on Twitter, you're going to be at Ryan Dengel, that's D-E-N-G-E-L. You've already noticed my voice sounds terrible, but it probably doesn't sound as bad as Jack Wright's mm-hmm. voice. If you want to find Jack on Twitter, it's at Bear Down Jack. Our voices sound bad for different reasons, Jack. Very different reasons. Yours is a happy bad because you were at the game yelling and screaming, and mine is a just a bad from getting a viral infection that was relentless, my man. So peel back the curtain. Four of us uh, that work with each other on a group thread that I think everyone had that group thread during COVID, like to keep you sane, you know, we're like, Hey, I can't see these people, but I'm going to talk them. And it's, it's one of the reasons why I was able to, to be lucky enough to refinance my house. Right. Cause the dads that we're, we're, as we're in this text thread and it worked out magically that all four of us could go to the game. Then one of the guys realized, wait a minute, not a noon kickoff. He's gone. And then there were three. And then all of a sudden, Jack's like, hey, I'm really, really, really sick. So he's gone. So it was just me and, and, a, and a good buddy, TJ, that, that got to go. Uh, we, had, we had so much fun, dude. It's so much fun. Aside from the win, what was, what was the highlight, do you think? Um, I think it was just, just being at Soldier Field. And honestly, I'm going to throw this out here for all of our, uh, for all the people that are, that are watching us, as opposed to just our audio only listeners. If you are someone that's just listening to this podcast, please make sure you come by and check us out on YouTube. But, uh, we had some really cool seats. Um, so I'm going to put this, this one up here. This is, uh, from our vantage point. Um, it was really neat to watch the offense from this angle right like especially when when it was reversed and then you're watching like everything develop as like the quarterback kind of watches it develop right you're watching it from that that kind of viewpoint so that was really cool um plus to get to see like the bears scored most of their points right right at where we are uh so that was awesome the one that really got me was the cole Komet. was at 53 yarder i'm like he dropped it and then everyone's like it's first down, it's first down, it's first down. Like, get to the play, get it go, get it going. It was like, so that that was that was super fun, dude. We had a really good time. Really How good was time. the crowd in general? Was it, I mean, was there still a good turnout given all the factors? So there were lots of empty seats, but not as many as we thought there were going to be when we first walked in. And I know this sounds stupid, but one of the coolest things was the wave mm. made its way around Soldier Field maybe eight or nine times. I mean, it was legitimately five minutes or more that it was going around and we're like, Oh, we're, we're doing it again. All right. There's the wave. You know, it's like, it'll, it'll die down. Wait, it's coming back. 
I don't remember like that being a thing at previous Bears games that I've been to, but you know, why not? All the vibes were good. The Bears were winning, scoring points, 21 out of the gate. Let's go. Yes. So so there there was good stuff in there and there was some not so good stuff, which we'll we'll, we'll hop into. Why don't we thank our sponsor uh, at Sheridan's and Hensel's and then and then from there let let's let's talk. We don't have Brendan, right? Cuz wait a minute. Is is today like a kind of a big deal, Jack? Is there Apparently, something going on? Yeah, it's a big day before a big day, I think. So it's just you two, just us two uh, hanging out. We're, I mean, we're well, super big Bears nerds and we own it, right? Well, just the the amount of people watching currently would suggest that we are not alone in that. No, if not. you are hanging out with us, let us know in the comments section why you are hanging out with us uh, on a Christmas Eve because we want to know. We want to hear about it. Hey, nice throwback jersey today. You matched the team. Well done by you. Yes, indeed. Our guy uh, at Sheridan's Will would be proud. Uh, Big Bears fan and a great barber. Sheridan's Barbershop is located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. It's been serving the community for 69 years with six barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137. If you've been with us before, you know that they also opened a shop in Naperville. It's called Hensel's Barbershop. It's located in downtown Naperville. And that one's been open since 1966. There they have six barbers. They're open Tuesday through Saturday. They accept walk-ins or you can make an appointment. Uh, you can go to Hensel'sBarbershop.com. And for Sheridan's and Hensel's, book your appointment today because that's where traditional meets modern. Jack, so this is hot off the presses. Um, our friends at Miskatonic Brewery, uh, Brewing Company, phenomenal beer. If you guys like beer and you are somewhere around the area, you got to get to Miskatonic. It is so good. So they've got their brewery that's in Darien, which is just absolutely killer. But they've been they open up a new restaurant, right? And so. I, I am so thrilled about this. They I, We got to, to talk to them a little bit about it. It is, I, I can't wait to get in. So our friends at Miskatonic Brewery recently opened a taproom and craft kitchen in Naperville, serving up global cuisine and homemade fare in addition to the Darien-based company's beloved craft beers and cocktails. Seriously, their beers are ridiculously good. Menu ingredients are sourced from farms located in the Midwest, and homemade sausages are a spotlight from their publican alum head chef. Wine and zero-proof cocktails are also available. Open at 47 East Chicago Avenue in Naperville, Tuesday through Sunday. Go check out their thoughtful fit their thoughtful fair and welcoming staff. If you do let them know the guys, the bear down Chicago podcast sent you. We are huge Miskatonic fans. And this is, this is the, the, the owner is a wonderful guy. Like truly when I, I know we throw that word around a lot, but he is, he just couldn't be a better guy. And so we're so thrilled. We both work close to this. And so J-Dub's like, this is, it's happening. We're going to go to Miskatonic. We're going to drink some of their delicious beer and try some of their delicious food. I can't wait, dude. I feel like all of our favorite folks, not only are supporters of us, but are also, I mean, it's not by happenstance. They're also just places and people we love. You know, I mean, I think that's pretty cool. It could just be like rando sponsors, but we're lucky. We've got people that we actually like who give good haircuts and make great beer and food. (laughs) So you could go and get your haircut at at Hensel's, 
Mm-hmm. And then walk over with your fresh dew and get Miskatonic food and beer, and and you would be winning all of those things. So go check it out, Miskatonic. It is it is it is awesome. All right, so Jack, let's get some just overall thoughts on the game. How you kind of thought it went. Make sure you know. I know. Hey, it's a win is a win. I'm excited. I'm happy. But there was not all just rainbows and sunshines. Uh, so so please, you know, walk us through your overall thoughts on this game. Yeah, I thought, you know, first half was extremely fun to watch. I thought the offense clicked really well. Uh, I thought Justin Fields did a nice job of orchestrating drives. I didn't think Luke Getze did uh, a terrible job of calling plays. Uh, the ball was spread around. Um, I mean, as we were talking about pre-show, Ryan, the Bears absolutely ran the ball down um, Arizona's throat. I think they had 250 yards of total uh, rushing offense uh, and uh, what do we say over 400 yards of total offense. So, I mean, in terms of moving the ball, especially in the first half um, impress, I thought they did a, a really nice job. I thought it's the, like the, what do they call them? The, the platform plays, you know, the secondary plays that Justin pulled off were in control. Um, he was incredibly evasive in the pocket, especially in the first half, but all throughout the game. And then, yeah, then we see the sputters again, um, and it's it, you know it's it's uncanny, really. Uh, the the level, it's almost like it's a bad bad dream at this point. Um, the extent to which they can't seem to bring things together uh, in the second half, in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, and and made a game that shouldn't have really been close, um, way closer than it should have been. And I've got more thoughts on that, but um, I'd like to hear your thoughts because you were there. Yeah, you know, it's it's there are a few things that you'll notice when you're at a game and a couple things that like I want to ask you too. Um I was listening to uh Yurko and Peggy uh and Yurko was just lit up, just angry about Mark Sanchez's calls like and I I didn't experience any of that because I was at the game and so, you know, I I don't know necessarily. Um there's just a couple things Justin is driving down the field and everyone around us is saying the same thing. Why would you let this kid go? Why would you let him go? You restart a clock on Caleb Williams, who, like, I'm I'm not a I'm not a college football expert by any stretch of the imagination. Everybody knows that I, that I'm not. But in the games that I have watched, I don't see anything that he does that is like significantly better than, than what Justin Fields does. Um, and then Justin throws the interception. So do you know, like we're, we're having this conversation and I, and I, and I get that we've gone back and forth and back and forth on this, but, and, and the Arizona Cardinals, that's a bad football team. That's a bad defense, poorly coached. Why did you go for a two point? Like, what do what you, what are you doing? Like maybe if you had done it at the end of the game, like maybe that makes sense. Cause you're like, Hey, I don't want to take this to overtime. We just want to win it now. But like you're down eight points now. It's just stupid. It's really, really dumb. Um, so no, I, I, I think there were so many things that Justin did exceptionally well. Cole commits 53 yard uh, catch was exceptional. It just, uh, that dude, gets better and better every week. I hope he's healthy and I hope everything is okay in that sense. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I don't know that that's kind of where I'm at on it. Yeah, it it is interesting. It's a bit of an enigma with Justin for sure. I mean, and I could see why you would be saying that the way, as I mentioned, he orchestrated the offense was impeccable through much of the game. 
I'm still 50-50, honestly. I think they showed a graphic that you obviously couldn't see because you were at the game. But his interceptions in the fourth quarter are tied for the most in the league at this point. You know, And yeah. you've talked a lot about the fumbles as well. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I, I do think, um, as we say often, rising tide lifts all ships. I do think he needs more weapons. I think he needs a little bit better of an offensive line. And he needs more playmakers. We've seen that in the last two weeks when they get injured, um, offensive players. It's thin. It's it's anemic. That, um, see, Jack, Jack, that that you spot on, dude. You stole my next point, which was going to be very much that Cole Komet goes down, and DJ Moore is is hurting. He's he's not out, but he's hurting. The offense stalled out, not running the football, but just who's he supposed to throw to? And I literally, I, I have this down in my notes tonight. I've been meaning to ask you this very question, which is. Who do you blame the interception on? Is it completely Justin's fault? It looked in the replay that we saw in the stadium that Khalil Herbert just didn't try to get aggressive and go for the ball. He just kind of like said, well, I'm going to stand here and wait for it. So, so I don't necessarily know where I place blame for that. Um, I think he was trying to make a play with a guy that ran the ball exceptionally well, but Khalil Herbert isn't the world's greatest pass catcher. Where do you, where do you kind of put that? Oh, I think it'll be interesting. I don't know if you see, you probably haven't seen a replay yet. I mean, and, and I tweeted it and then not that I need this cred, but then Sanchez said it like a minute later, it was, I think it was a hundred percent on Justin. I mean, he, he okay. needed to throw that ball. Um, he underthrew it. I mean, plain and simple, he underthrew it. And, and, and that is the one, again, the, probably the one really, you know, negative of his entire game, but it was a big one, man. It was a momentum changer, a huge momentum changer. He needed to throw the ball to the back pylon. Um, Herbert had three steps, three yards uh, on both of the defenders. Um, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not an NFL quarterback, but he is. He gets paid a lot. He was a first-round draft pick, and he's got quite a bit of experience now. Uh, he wasn't pressured unless I watched the replay and I'm wrong. He needed to put that ball to the back um, pylon uh, where only Herbert could have caught it. And um, I think Herbert could have ran under it pretty easily. I think if you watch it, Ryan, you're going to say it was 100% Justin's. Fault. Okay, that, that that's good to know. I literally I, yeah. I I asked because I because I couldn't see it from our vantage point at the game. And again, the replay that we saw just looked like Khalil Herbert was like, "Why isn't that in?" I don't know. Like, uh, could he have maybe? If it was a wideout, you're right. I think you could have gone back. You know, I mean, like a wideout could have probably gone back or up for it and played like a little bit of defense. But I mean, in that particular situation, it looks a lot to me like you've got a running back with three steps on the defenders and a ball on the back pylon is a touchdown. All right. Since since I'm asking football questions of a former football coach, um, why on earth would you drop Justin Jones into coverage? A, a defensive lineman that I, I don't under, I don't understand that. And it would seem both in Cleveland and this week, unless I'm missing something completely, which is entirely possible that that has resulted in long sustained touchdown drives both weeks. You know, this is something? great. No, it's a great question. I, I was thinking a little bit about that last week when um, he was out there on Njoku, who had another stellar game again uh, for Cleveland. And my initial thought without looking at, you know, uh, end zone or all 22, is that the goal of an offense is to try to create favorable matchups. And that's why they do, you know, you'll hear like Peyton Manning on the Manning cast talk about like, 
you know, he'll call it burst or break, you know, so they'll, they'll start tight and, you know, and then they'll go and they'll widen out and then they might motion, you know, um, a receiver across and then they might take two tight ends and motion them to the other side of the set. And that's all a chess match in an attempt to try to get a mismatch someplace. Now, I could see it happening the once last week, and I'm sure if we got an honest answer from, you know, the defensive, you know, coordinator, head coach, and defensive personnel, they would say Cleveland just did a really nice job of catching us in a bad situation. Our our matchup, our personnel didn't match up appropriately, and we ended up with a guy in coverage who we don't want in coverage. They beat us on that play. They just beat us on that play. It's a good question to ask it again though this week, uh, RD, because I, I would think that. You know, probably the um, the uh, Cardinals saw the film as well, and for the fact that they got us into that situation again, not good. I mean, that's not that clearly that is a, a problem. That's the best answer I can give without seeing seeing the situation. There was another thing that the Cardinals definitely did their homework on, which is the Bears' defense has been susceptible to running backs catching the ball out of the backfield and they have been bitten by it all season long. And that seemingly was, was Arizona's plan all the way along. And, and for a little while it, it was very successful. They kind of bottled up Connor. I think they only had 93 or so rushing yards or so, so, it was under hundred y- yards rushing that they, that the bears allowed. Um, but they just got killed with that. That, I mean, that, that was really bad. Yeah, I mean, I think as great as a season as TJ Brooks has had, some folks on Twitter were telling me that he's got one of the worst coverage rates. Um, TJ who? TJ who? <laughs> I just am going to call him that from now on. I think I think it's going to be TJ Brooks um, for the rest of his life um, because I also heart TJ Brooks. There so TJ is, Brooks yeah. is hanging out with us. He's the best. But yeah, but no, you're talking about TJ Edwards. Sorry, yeah, continue. Guy. Yeah, he um, uh, he. He, I don't think, is as good as coverage as he is in terms of uh, run defense, where he's impeccable on run defense, like uh, Pro Bowl level impeccable run defender. So, um, you know, I think that's probably going to be something that's got to be addressed in the offseason, whether it be the personnel. Uh, I mean, if they've got a nickel in, I'm not quite sure why they're always matching up uh, RBs on uh, linebackers who don't seem to cover very well. Um, and, and so I think as good as the defense has been, you're right. That is a weakness that, um, that other teams are, are targeting and that the bears are clearly susceptible to. That's a good eye on your, on your part. One other thing that I have in my notes that I absolutely positively have to talk about is when the game is on the line, the bears need a first down and short yardage. Luke Getze will almost always shit the bed. Yeah. I don't what. What was that? It was his third and one, third and two, and they run the Roshan, the the Wildcat. What I, I don't know. When when the the few times they like I heard someone right behind me. Is that the I formation? Yeah. Boom. Ten yards. Is that the I formation again? Seven yards. You're like okay. So it's third and one, and Getsy gets cute again. Always like. I, I, Always. I, I, he had, I, I mean this, I think he had a pretty damn good game plan, allowing Justin to run, having some good design run calls for it. Khalil Herbert, Roshan, like they, the, you, you cannot argue with how well the bears ran the football against the Arizona Cardinals. Right. Um, but I just, when it is an important situation, yeah, he's going to make the wrong call. Like 
every single time. Bears, they, they averaged 6.4 per carry. They, they were reeling off 12 to 15-yard runs at the beginning of the game. Roshan just absolutely punishes people uh, when he runs the ball. Herbert, who isn't as punishing as he used to be uh, before the injury, still really had a nice game uh, running the ball. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what the deal is, but I mean, I guess it really does speak to the lar- larger issue here. It's the elephant in the room, and it's the futility of the Bears in the third and fourth quarter. And I know we've talked about it a ton, and I, I would love to hear other people's perspective. But I would ask again specifically, other than just saying that this is Iberflus's team and he's the head coach, let's just take that aside for a minute. Where do you blame Iberflus for this, like games like today? Because what I can look at is what you just said: Getsy's inability to seemingly call third quarter offenses, call you know uh, third and fourth and short, you know. Um, the interception, again, not the whole picture with Justin Fields, but a huge momentum changer, huge momentum changer. Um, we've talked a lot about Eddie Jackson, but uh, again, just to be honest, you expect your captain free safety to make a tackle on you know Arizona's wide receiver. So I, I just continually, I heard Tom Waddle say a bunch this week, like when these types of failures happen, it takes a village. And I just see a whole lot of responsibility to be passed around um, that goes way beyond anything that like Flus is 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 directly responsible for, other than just to say it's his team and it all falls under his watch, which is a valid point. But I, I just again wish there was as much emphasis placed. I mean, why, if you were really like hardcore about it, couldn't you say no, 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 not Flus? It's the guy who fumbles and throws interceptions in the fourth quarter. No, 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 not Flus. It's the offensive coordinator who shits the bet every third and fourth quarter and on third and fourth down. No, 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 not Flus. It's Eddie Jackson who can't fuck. He can't play football. He's like playing some combination of like patty cake and some sort of like junior high two hand touch. I mean, I'm not even exaggerating here. So like, I, I still think that if you if you started to want to like look for blame for all of this, and it is bad. No, none of us like it. But there is blame to be shared, and it, I think it is. There's plenty of it to be shared. Tom Waddle is right; he was in locker rooms. It takes a village to have those types of breakdowns. Well, I, I I don't disagree with that at all. The only thing is just to play devil's advocate, and also, I mean, I you know, I'm not the biggest Eberflus fan in the world. Why the continual meltdowns in the late third and fourth quarter? Right, like it 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 was almost a oh no, here we go again. Why are you dropping defensive linemen into coverage? And I think he's gotten better about this one, but I know that this was a a big issue in the middle parts of the season is taking your best defenders off the field in key situations, you know, that I just is just a big head scratcher to me, you know, that, that I would say that absolutely falls on Matt Eberflus, not just the team. Um, you know, Eddie Jackson, we're going to get into that later, but like I, I would put all that stuff directly on Matt Eberflus. Yeah. And I, the other thing too, that I wanted to mention in there and you make a good point is I, I, I go back to my point last week and we already talked about it. You, you mentioned it as well, that when push comes to shove, rubber, rubber meets the road in those third and fourth corners quarters, when you need your offense to, uh, I heard Flus say, and I know people don't like Flus, but I, I heard him talking about, uh, I like this phrase. He said, our goal for the game is to win the ball. 
And really, that's kind of like this really cool holistic way to look at the game because the defense is trying to win the ball and take the ball back. And the offense is trying to win the ball and like move the chain and keep the ball like the entire game. But when the offense is needed to do that, I think a huge Achilles heel it is their inability. And I guess I'm starting to look at this like Ryan, like incredibly clearly, like you need an offense to move the ball, secure the win and take and bring the game home. And I'm just thinking as an offensive coordinator, I'm not giving Getsy a pass. I look out on the field and Komet's over here and, and DJ Moore is over here. And now I'm going, okay, I've got Tyler Scott. He's a rookie. Bayless Jones, everyone thinks he's worthless. I've got Tunyon. He dropped a wide open pass last week. Nice catch this week. Okay. You know, I've got a couple of running backs. Like it, you, you just look at Cincinnati. I was thinking a lot about Cincinnati, right? Where you go down the line at Chase, Higgins, uh, and Boyd with Mixon in the backfield. And I don't know who their tight end is, but but we're not going to arrive until we have those levels uh, on offense. And and there's nothing that Flus or anybody else can do about that when push comes to shove. Yeah, it's it's an excellent point. It's an excellent point. But I but I do think the two twenty seven left in the second quarter, mm-hmm. three timeouts, okay. right? Yeah, bad, bad. You're right. And, and you go three and out. Yeah. I. It's if you would have heard everybody around just going, are they going to turn the ball over or or is it going to be a three and out? It sounds like it's going to be a three and out. Yeah. And sure enough, a three and out. Like you just you can't have that in key situations. And while I totally agree with you, I, I it is a whole view, right? This is not a great football team from mm-hmm. from top to bottom, right? I, I think it's made improvements, and I think. I think your 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 argument that it, that it, things are trending in the right direction. I mean, there's not much. They were the worst team in the league last year, right? So it it, it better be headed in the, in the right yeah. direction. Um, but but there are there are times where like he just calls plays that still just you you're why are we throwing wide receiver screens still when your team cannot run them yeah. why why are you you know you getting cute in in really key down situations and you know some of his play calls have just been it's just i i'm okay with i'm okay with him for the most part except when it really counts. And that's, that's a spot that I say, yeah. you had a chance to just put Arizona away. Like right. you score something there. It's, it's game over. Yeah. But he's proven he, to he be very bad in those situations. And I think what we're saying too, uh, is that everything's got to go right for the bears offense. Right. I mean, it's gotta be a good play by Getsy. It's gotta be, you know, a good, uh, a good job with uh, pass protection, uh, you know, by the offensive line or, or for the running ball. Uh, we've got to have fields making a good decision. We've got to have him, you know, uh, releasing the ball in a timely manner on the fifth step of his drop, um, you know, no penalties. It, it, you know what I mean? So I think like that really shows a lot about where we're at a, as an offense is like we're not good enough where we can overcome a single one of those factors being out of line, you know, <laughs> like, right. We've proven that all year long, sadly. Like there's, there's no, again, no playmaker to make people look good in those bad situations. Like, yeah, we effed up. We, we jumped off sides. Uh, we whiffed on our, you know, our, our pass coverage, you know, wh- whatever the case may be. Like we, we just, I think, you know, I just think we're, again, I think we're a draft away. I think we're free agency away. I, I, 
I think we're, we're closer. I mean, closer. I, 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 TJ and I were talking about this at the game, not TJ Brooks, but our friend TJ. And uh, if they somehow go to Green Bay the last mm-hmm. and ruin Green Bay's playoff chances, no, then we are talking this a little bit like Detroit at the end of the of last year. But I'm not getting my hopes up, man. I just I I, I get the feeling that that this team this this team that I love and want to to see succeed will shit the bed in dramatic fashion against Green Bay and either get blown out or or lose in a heartbreak way because that's uh-huh. that's what they do. Um, and also Arizona, Arizona played yeah. exceptionally well against a Colts team that's actually been pretty darn good this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm worried that maybe, you know, I think I've got us winning one of the next two games, but I'm worried that both Hotlanta and, um, and the cheese curtain heads will be maybe better football teams than we are just like roster wise, just better, better football teams. But I, I still think, uh, if our defense is healthy, um, that puts us in games. So, um, I feel like we've got a chance, you know, against both of those teams. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Definitely a vastly different defense than when we faced Green Bay the first time. Jack, I think it's time to kind of speed this thing up a little bit, and we're going to head out to... The Outhouse and the Penthouse! The Outhouse and the Penthouse is brought to you by our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. He has been working hard since the beginning of the year to expand his real estate services to now include commercial properties, and he has been killing it. Doesn't matter if you're a business owner, a homeowner, or an investor, if you're looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial or residential properties, Jeff is your guy because Jeff is our guy. Give him a call, give him a text, Jeff Cadwalder with SVN Landmark today at 630-254-4734 or visit GenevaJeff.com. If you do talk to Jeff Cadwalder, let him know that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast said hello. Um, Jack, it's already a little bit late and it also happens to be Christmas Eve. So if we could, let's just do just a one for for each. So let's do a pen house and then outhouse so why don't you start it off who is in your penthouse today uh well kyler gordon had a game today didn't he Uh, did it show up when you were there like him being all over the place very very much so yeah uh, blitzing tackling all across the board kyler gordon looked fantastic yeah he led the team in tackles he had seven including solo uh, he had a sack, he had a tackle for loss, he had a pass deflection, he had a quarterback hit. I mean, dude was all over the place. Uh, and also, if you look at him, again, if, I don't know if you haven't – some of you haven't watched the game yet. Um, watch him get off blocks. Watch him try to shed blocks and get off defenders and make tackles. And then, again, watch Eddie Jackson, who just lets himself get blocked. It's embarrassing. Um, it's a great example of, like, a player that's, like, hungry and wants to win and be good, who's, like, ascending and one who just needs to be out of town. I was saying, by the way, that I don't know as if I will be – the last time I was happier to see someone leave town, it was – his name was Jay Cutler. I've not been nearly as happy to watch someone walk away as I will be. I, we're in the penthouse, I know, but holy cow. Kyler Gordon, ascending, great player, uh, you know, uh, just keeps getting better and better. Brisker and him together, just fantastic. I want to say Cole Komet just because 100 yard, 107 yards on four catches. I want to say Cole Komet, but I need to say this guy instead, which is Khalil Herbert. 
20 attempts, 112 yards, 5.6, uh, a carry, a, a tutty, uh, a, a reception for nine yards. I, I think I was in the category of, damn, I think this guy's done. Like it's, it's over with. I know a lot of other people said, well, this guy's done. He's over. Like he had a phenomenal game. He looked good. Yes. He had holes. Right, but he hit those holes decisively. Uh, the thing that Khalil Herbert has had going well for him is his speed, and that was kind of hampered through his injuries. But I think that showed really, really, really well today. Um, I was I was very, very impressed with his speed. Just seemed like he really wanted to show, like, hey, you know, you forgot about me, but I'm still here. Um, very, very, very impressed with with Khalil Herbert. Jack, what about the penthouse? Or sorry, the outhouse. Uh, who do you got in the outhouse? I think I already know. Well, but- I'm going to go a little different actually, because I mean, I think Eddie Jackson's just a sh- like he's a shoe in, like he just might as well put him in there permanently. But, but you know, I, I was thinking a little bit, and I texted this too. You know, the, most of the talent and the money, I, I think the money too, is on the defensive side of the ball. And while I thought that the defense played well, I mean, I think what you need in games like today's game is what the Bears have been doing, and that's creating turnovers. I think the Bears needed to come up big in some way, shape, or form to secure that game because, again, I, I do think that the offense is not equipped to do those types of things. So I think, you know, there was not many pass deflections or sacks or fumbles, forced fumbles, or, um, I mean, we were maybe close to one pick. And I know Kyler Murray's elusive and pretty athletic. Um, he's also kind of a jackass, in my opinion. I'm so glad that dude's not on our team. Um his, you should see his body language, man. His, you know, I'm a body language guy. He's just so pissy. Uh, so anyway, I would have liked to have seen the Bears defense uh, come up a little bigger in big situations. I am going. It's something I already talked about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit it again. Running backs out of the backfield. I'm gonna throw you some numbers here, Jack. So Connor, phenomenal running back. Twelve rushes for 45 yards, 3.8 a pop. Not great. Not great at all. They they stayed committed to the run, but this is where this is this one hurts. So five targets, five receptions, right? Five targets, five receptions, sixty-seven yards and a touchdown. Also, uh, run back their their other running back. Oh my gosh, I, uh, Amari Dermacato, uh <laughs> seven receptions, forty yards. Right, he had eight targets. So. Not only were they catching almost all the balls that are thrown in their way, they're doing it for for exceptional yards. Um, I just the the Bears have got to find a way to get that figured out because otherwise Atlanta and Green Bay are just are gonna just keep dumping it off to their very good running backs. Yeah, I heard Bijan's pretty good at that. I, I've heard he's he was he's pretty decent. I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, Anybody else? Uh, I just, I do want to say this. I texted you. Eddie Jackson is terrible. I, I know you probably had a better angle, right? But that touchdown where he just whiffed, we literally had a chance to say out loud. Hey, I heard someone right behind me. It was a really smart guy. I should, I should have said, Hey, come on our podcast. He goes, who's that taking that terrible angle? Like, Oh, it's Eddie Jackson whiff tutty. He, he comes up on like run plays in the middle of the field and, and like, you know, in the, between the thirties the, the and he doesn't even try to tackle Ryan. He just, he comes in and just tries to strip. It, it's, it's weird, dude. I don't know why 
I don't know what they say in film to him. I think they must just know it's over. And what are you going to say to the dude? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's he's cooked, dude. He's he's bad, bad. It, it it's it's funny as uh, you you've been harping on him for a while, and I didn't notice it nearly as much. And then last week, and then this week, woof. Uh, I'm using that reference, Buzz, your girlfriend, woof. Because hey, it's Christmas Eve. That's good, Jack. Anything that we missed, anything that we missed, this is obviously going to be a much shorter episode than usual, just the two of us, but it's also Christmas Eve, and I'm going to go sit on my couch and be lazy. <sighs> Sounds like a plan, man. Um, okay, so tell me if you think I'm wrong, and he's probably exposed against better teams, but Lucas Patrick had a like a pretty decent game, actually. I mean, think about it. We're not really that concerned about the snaps. Snaps are pretty steady, um, and we'll see what his, um, you know, his PFF uh, blocking percentage looks like, but... I feel like he wasn't a liability. Um, and I just thought, you know what? He's probably going to be gone, but he's done a decent job filling in at center for the most part. Um, we need a center. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I'm not saying we don't. The other thing that I noticed on the um, on the TV, Artie, that you might be interested in, and I, this is just me making an insinuation, but it looked to me like both Flus and Fields were pretty impatient with Luke Getze today. Um, there was one instance in which they went to the sidelines and um, the, the Bears had the ball and they were waiting for the play call to come in and they went over to Fluce and Fluce is going like this. You know, he's like this, like, come on, dude, like get it in. I mean, and I could see him a couple times on the headset too. Like Sheldon's been like waiting for, you know, Fluce to like take some initiative with him. I could just be making, you know, like conjecture here, but it looked to me like, there was some heat, uh, and then a, a couple of times, uh, Fields was just straight up PO'd. I mean, one time he yelled over at the sidelines, um, and I don't know if it was because he was trying to he wanted to play in sooner or what it was. I thought I saw what looked like some, for the first time, palpable impatience between kind of that triad, which was interesting. You can bring back Matt Eberflus. And you can bring back Luke Getze and you can bring back Justin Fields, but you can't bring back all three of them, right? Like if, if you're going to bring back Luke Getze, which I don't think that you should, you need a new quarterback. If you're going to keep Justin Fields, which I am starting to find myself more in that camp that I'd like to keep Justin Fields um, and, and bring him a couple weapons, Marvin Harrison Jr., Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, I, and I, I think I find myself more in that camp lately. Uh, but but this, this it, it's not working. Luke Getze and Justin Fields, like no matter how much they try to sell the bromance or whatever, it's we're not buying it. They're not good for each other. It's a bad relationship. Stay or go. Give me your prediction. He stays or goes. Getsy. Well, well, okay. What do I think the Bears will do, or what would I do? I think now what you want. What do you think the Bears will do? Getsy stays <sighs> or goes. I'm gonna have faith. Please. <laughs> It's Christmas Eve. Fire Luke Getze and bring in somebody that will see the best in Justin Fields and tailor the offense to his strengths. That's Fields stays or goes. Gonna stay. Flus stays or goes. Stay. <laughs> what about you? I, I I would say Getze goes. I'm fifty fifty on 
on fields. I just don't know what, what they're going to do. And I do think that Poles is going to leverage it in any way he can that benefits the team uh, to the best of their ability. And like I said last week, I'm kind of okay with all the options, if I'm being honest. Um, and then I think I've said from the beginning, and it's not just because I'm like some kind of like people think I'm wearing like fluce hats and flying fluce flags and I'm not, but I just think that the bears are going to stick with them. It's interesting as people much smarter than me have said, he's already a goner. Um, but I, but I, but I'm inclined to agree with you. I, I, I think he's done a lot lately, but again, but, but the competition has been so bad. So, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I don't think I'll be shocked with just about anything yeah. except if it's like they say, Hey, we're firing Matt Eberflus and Oh, we also, uh, we, we brought in, you know, this coach from Michigan. Maybe mm-hmm. you guys have kind of heard of him before, uh, Harbaugh like that, that would floor me, but everything else, like, I don't know. I, one, one of those three guys has to be gone. And I, I would think so. I, I would I, think so. I, I would be shocked if it wasn't that way. Jack, anything else? Anything else that we missed? No, those are the those are the only two things that I thought um, were kind of stand out. Besides what we we talked about, well, we hit all my notes, but there was one other thing. It was kind of important. Do we have a special episode this week? I believe we do. We've been promoting it all week. I think that's what they call in the business. They call it a tease. You've been doing an excellent uh-huh. job teasing our guests. Who are interviewing? What day are we interviewing uh, this guest that we're having? This guest will be here on Thursday at 3 p.m. Chicago time. And I don't know who's more excited about this guest, you or I. Which, which, who, who do you think is more excited about this, this upcoming guest? I mean, I think both of us, because we both have tried to see if we could get this guest on the show. I think we both have a ton of respect for this guest. And I think if you've been in the Chicago area, uh, you've watched this guest like just grow up and blossom into a professional broadcaster that is national level excellent. So let's go through the hints and let's see if any of the people who are in our live chat can figure out who our our guest is. Okay, so starting off with the the very first hint that I dropped, which is oh sorry 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 thought i had this ready but i don't okay uh our special guest hosted an espn radio show and was a sports center reporter this guest worked for wgn and espn 1000 uh this guest went to ooh, this one might give it away lake forest high school was a heptathlete and the captain of their track team at Cornell University. Uh, And also at one point was a part owner of a football team, uh, the Chicago Red Stars. I don't have anybody guessing it, but that's okay. We're going to go for it anyway. And so our very special guest that is coming up on Thursday is Sarah Spain. We are stoked about this. Sarah Spain, um, she is so smart. She's so good at it. Um, she she wanted to mention at some point, she said something along the lines of, hey, I'm, I've been working on my book. I'm, I'm not reporting for the Bears as much, but, but I still think I could have a good conversation. And my thought was... 
<laughs> you're you're like your detached view is still going to be better than than like 80% of or maybe even 90% of people that are out there that just don't watch this team on a regular basis that that have some comment on how it's supposed to go. Dude, I'm stoked. I'm so Same. excited. Well, I think there's so much to listen for. I mean, just to list, ask her a little bit about her book and uh, talk to her about, you know, kind of like coming up in the ESPN family, ESPN Chicago family. Uh, she's got a ton of great stories. If anybody listened, they had like a, a reunion uh, episode in the last few months here. And they, she's such a, like a lot of the guests that we talk about, she's just very accessible and has these great stories and is still really chill and respectful to just ordinary people like us. I think ever since you and I saw her at, um, we went to uh, go see Smartless. our favorite podcast, Smartless. And we both looked over and I was like, I think that's Sarah Spain. And uh, it was Sarah Spain. And then we tweeted her and she tweeted back at us. And so we might fanboy a little bit. We will try not to, but she's, she's really great. So we're, we're so excited to have her on. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited because she, she's coming at this from a fan's perspective, but as someone who's covered the league, covered sports in, in every way, like I'm just, I'm genuinely very curious to get her take on the Eberflu situation, the Justin Fields situation. Yes, everyone keeps talking about it, but, but that's because that's, that's what's on all of our minds here in Chicago. Um, and so if you get a chance, folks, we are going to be live. You will have a chance to ask Sarah Spain a question that you would like to, to ask her. So that will be uh, this Thursday, which Jack the date of that one is the 28th. Sorry. So the 28th of December at 3 PM Chicago time. Uh, we've got a special episode. We are stoked, stoked, stoked to have Sarah Spain on here and, uh, and hang out with all of you, Jack, anything else before, before we get to shout outs and get out of here? Not a thing. Well, I guess tomorrow it'll be a bears victory Christmas day, Monday. That's a nice combo. It is. A, it's a nice combo. I it mean, is. How many times have we had that in the last 38 years? <laughs> just, just, just sorry. One more time. A Christmas present for all of us at the bear down Chicago oh, podcast. So it's, oh, those poor gnomes. It's there. Yeah. It's, I think it's supposed to be trolls. Maybe oh, trolls. she's, right. she's burning, but, but yeah, it's whatever. It doesn't matter. All right, Jack, let's hear your shout outs, buddy. Hey, listen, um, everyone enjoy the holidays. Uh, whatever it is that you celebrate uh, in your family and your community, whatever your um, particular cultural traditions are. Um, I hope that you have this love and joy and family and friends all around you. Uh, not to mention football, uh, food, those things as well. Uh, shout out to the um, Bear Down Chicago podcast family. Um, we we don't have everybody with us. Obviously, it's Christmas Eve. People are busy and probably with their families. And so, but you know, Logan and, and Patrick, um, Brendan, of course you, Ryan, um, we have just developed such a great family of our own here. So, I mean, shout outs to the people that we, uh, we love the most to our fans who are so consistently with us. Um, wow. What a great year. Like you all are a gift to us. So Merry Christmas uh, to us. Thank you so much, everyone. We're coming up on a hundred episodes, which is pretty crazy. So I think this is episode 87 or 88, some, somewhere along those. So it's just 
crazy to think about that that people have been hanging with us for this entire time, which is just awesome. Uh, as a quick one, quick shout out to uh, Jack's son, Connor, who got his first guitar. Buddy, you better be playing that thing all the time as like whenever possible. Um, the next three that I'm going to give shout outs to first one is to a, a friend of mine. His name is John Nofke and uh, John and I, uh, we just, we've known each other for a while and he just, he's, he's just such a good dude and his willingness to laugh at himself, I think it's just, it's just awesome and just greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, Kyle George, uh, we had some great back and forth with our special guest that is coming up and just very excited about that. And then Gregory Bell, the second, we've had some awesome interactions and he, he definitely promotes the pod and we just, we're very thankful for him for all of us here at the bear down Chicago podcast, just as Jack said. So that's Logan Bradley, Brendan Chagru, Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright. I am Ryan Dengle folks. Thank you so very, very, very much. Please, if you can share, like, subscribe, do all of those things uh, so we can keep bringing you guys some content and, and, and spread, spread the word as best as we possibly can for all of us here at the bear down Chicago podcast. Thank you so much folks. And as always bear down Chicago.